What is a profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Bird, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And I don't know about you, but do you feel like you work a ton of hours? I feel like when we are in this grinding stage, we think that the more we grind, the more hours we put in, the better and more magical our businesses are going to be. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's more important to think about what you're doing and our guest actually has a philosophy that you could see it play out in other successful people where the less you work, the more you make. So our guest who joins us today, we'll get into that if there's any confusion, like how does that make sense? We'll get into all that. But our guest who joins us, he is an award-winning speaker featured on ABC Nightline for his real estate investing and he has a TEDx uh, around his performance coaching. He specializes in a Nobel-nominated process that allows you to access your next breakthrough on demand by learning to think at a higher level. As a result of this process, his clients normally double their income in the first year working with him by purposely working less hours. Our guest who joins us is none other than Jared Hanning. Jared, welcome to the show. Hey folks, glad to be here. We got some good stories coming up. <laughs> that is quite the way to start a show. I mean, definitely different, but I am definitely looking forward to all the stories and all the good stuff you have in store for us. And I feel like a lot of people like the idea of working less and making more. It's just how do we make that connection happen? I feel like if you're thinking like salary and like uh, how much money you make per hour, then like the whole less you work, more you make, it doesn't really make sense. But we're talking from a business standpoint, a public speaking standpoint. So that is possible under those conditions. So I'm wondering if you could just like shatter the myth a little bit on like people feel like they got to be working all their hours, 80 hours a week for being an entrepreneur, doing all this stuff. What do you say to those people who are really tightly holding on to this idea of 80 hours a week and like super high amounts? You see that more on the entrepreneurial side, but you still see it in the job side also. All the time, all the time. And, uh, let, and let, please hold me to this. I want to be sure that we provide examples for people that are currently hourly or salary or self-employed um, because I believe what we're going to talk about applies to that just as much as it does um, big ticket sales or um, speakers who are making five or 10 or $25,000 for an hour speech or something like that. I, it applies every bit as much. So self-employed people, hourly people, salary people. So um, one thing is if, if you guys are listening and there's a place where you can take notes or write something down on a napkin or whatever it is, write this down. If you're doing the work, you're falling behind. Um, you cannot outwork this strategy with stubbornness. Um, you cannot out-hustle this. If you are doing the work, you're falling behind. If you are checking things off your to-do list, you are actually lowering your income while you're doing that. We're going to look at that too. Uh, there are people out there that pride themselves in getting things done. Achievers, go-getters, hustlers. Uh, they, they love uh, showing you what's on their to-do list and they love showing you all the stuff that they checked off and all the stuff that they crossed off. Oh, look at all the stuff that I did today. But you know, we pull them aside. We say, hey, does it ever feel like there's more on your to-do list than you have time to get done? They go, oh my gosh, yes, it feels like that all the time. We say, okay, when you feel that way, do you try to solve that problem by working harder and faster? They say, yes, absolutely, man. Action gets results. So if I got to get more done, I just got to work harder and faster, get it done. Okay, okay, great, great, great. Now I know that makes a lot of sense, but bear with me here. When you get to the end of the day, does it feel like you might have 
had 27 phone calls and been to three meetings and skipped lunch and stayed late and returned 100 emails, but it, there's more on your to-do list now than there was at the morning. Uh, you didn't actually move the ball forward. Do you ever feel that way? And they're like, yeah, I do. I feel that way all the time. So even though it makes sense, it makes sense that more work produces more results. It makes sense that the harder you work, the more results you're going to have, despite the fact that coal miners work their butts off and just end up with emphysema. It makes sense. But anecdotally, it's not working. Working harder and faster just leaves us with less sleep and less income to show for it. So let's look, let's look at what's going on. Why is it true that if you're doing the work, you're actually falling behind. And why is it true that working harder and faster, trying harder, just makes the problem worse? Why is it true that checking things off your to-do list lowers your income? Okay, let's probably start with that one right there. Um, a lot of uh, theories and, and well-intended well advice, like something your mother-in-law would give you. Like it sounds good and it, it's well-meaning, um, but it doesn't actually make a difference. So here's the thing with your to-do list and checking things off your to-do list. Um, if you'll look down at your to-do list, or you probably have the same thing on your to-do list day after day after day, you probably don't have to look at it. It's the same stuff, um, usually because most of it didn't get done. There's another clue. And so it gets copied over. There's another clue. But if you look at the items on your to-do list, schedule this meeting, call this person back, return this email, um, you know, draft this proposal, check this off, go pick up this supply, drop the supply off, get that contract in the mail, whatever the heck is on your to-do list. Look at that and find me something on that list that couldn't be outsourced for 10 or $15 an hour, provided that person was trained, provided that person had a checklist to follow or a template to follow that couldn't be outsourced for 10 or $15 an hour. Now, when I travel and speak and we do workshops, the majority of the people in the room say, actually everything on my to-do list is in that category. Everything on my to-do list could be outsourced for 10 or $15 an hour, provided that person was trained. Okay, so here we have it. If you say to yourself, I would hire an assistant, but I don't have time to train them because there's too much to do. Well, now we know why there's not time because you're doing their job for them. I would hire an assistant, but I can't afford to pay them. Well, now we know why you can't afford to pay an assistant because you're spending your day doing 10 or $15 an hour tasks doesn't matter how fast you get them done. It doesn't matter how good you are at them. It doesn't matter how, your level of excellence in completing them. You're still paying yourself 10 or $15 an hour, no matter how fast you get them done. So how do we get out of this rat race here? First, give up the perfection of hiring an assistant, okay? We're not asking you to hire somebody 40 hours a week. We're not asking you to... Um, hire somebody and pay them $50 an hour. We're asking you to start with hiring somebody for two hours a week. Okay. You can put together 20 bucks a week. You can hire somebody for two hours a week and get started during those two hours. What are you going to do? Are you going to get stuff done? Absolutely not. Remember if you're doing the work, you're falling behind and you cannot solve a bad strategy with stubbornness. What are you going to do with those two hours? is your single highest income producing task. For most people, that's gonna be prospecting. The thing you do that makes it rain, the thing you do that brings in demand for your services. You're gonna spend your time on that. 
I promise if you will do this for even a few weeks, you will quickly find all the money you need to take that assistant from two hours a week to full-time. And I mean, I love the way you break it down because this really goes into Pareto's principle where 20% of your things, 80% of your results, some people break that down even more and say 4% of what you do gives you 64% of your results. So let's go Pareto's principle of the Pareto's principle. But going into like, why does this matter? You're handing off the 10 to $15 per hour activities to other people so that you could be doing like the $50, the 100, the 200, the $1,000 per hour activities that allow you to see much more growth. Like you don't make money by scheduling social media posts. You make money by picking up the phone or by uh, going to where the prospects are and engaging with those people. That's how you make the money. So Jared, Jared brings up that this really fascinating point. And I mean, could you argue that, you know, if you just like, I understand the less you work, the more you make, do you feel like even if all of your time is fully spent towards prospecting that we shouldn't over grind, we shouldn't grind, uh, in the same nature. So it's like, um, like you're, instead of doing 80 hours a week, because I feel like some people do hit that, especially if you aren't in your own business, 80 hours a week of like, instead of doing the stuff you hand off to your assistants, now you do the prospecting. Do you see that as okay? Or is there still a limit we should adhere to? This is only step one. Step one is to break the illusion that by working, you're getting things done. And also the illusion that you do not have the money to hire an assistant. The reason you can't afford an assistant is because you're spending your day doing 10 or $15 an hour. Congratulations. Every time you check something off your to-do list, you just paid yourself 10 or $15 an hour. Um, that's only the first step. Okay, now, like the point that you brought up, what if everybody now gets focused and they're spending their entire week doing high-income producing tasks? Um, is there a limit there? Does, does the less you work, the more you make still apply then? Yes, absolutely does. So let's, um, first, let's, get, let's break the illusion of high-income producing because I think there could be some people out there that are like, but you don't understand. I mean, my industry only pays me $50 an hour because I'm an electrician or I'm a plumber. My industry only pays me $40 an hour because I'm a music teacher or, or something like that. That's not how you calculate the value of your time. Here's how you do it. You look at the average lifetime value of a customer or a project. Um, so let's say that you are um, an electrician and on average, uh, the jobs that you do tend to be about $2,000. It's a $2,000 job. And it takes you however many hours and by the time you take out your supplies and all that, you end up making about $50 an hour. That is not the value of your time. If you look at the average job being $2,000 and then you look at the average lifetime value of a job, you realize it's not $2,000 um, because that customer is going to call you back next year or 20 years from now or whenever. And then you realize that every probably one in 10 customers is going to refer you an, another deal. So maybe one in 10 is a little bit extra there. So the lifetime value of a job isn't 2000. It's closer to like 5,000 um, or 10,000 or whatever it is in your industry. Um, if you have, if you're teaching music lessons, what's the, how long does a student normally stay with you? 
So you calculate what they pay you a month times how many years they stay. And then you add up the supplies that they might buy through you. They might buy an instrument or some accessories. And then you add up how often do they refer you to another student? Okay. And then how long does that student stay? So one student isn't worth 200 bucks a month. One student's worth like $10,000 over the lifetime value of what they give you, plus the people they refer, plus the retail supplies they buy through you. Okay. So now that you have the lifetime value of a gig, um, a client, a project of whatever it is, the next step is to look at what are the actions that create the demand for that product. So if you're teaching music lessons, what happens before somebody calls you and says, Hey, I heard you teach kazoo. Can I sign up for kazoo lessons? Like what generated that call? Was it a referral from somebody else? Was it because you're out giving kazoo demonstration recitals? Was it because you're on the news playing the kazoo? Like what generated that call? If it is a referral, then you want to look at how many thank you cards do I write every month on average? And on average, how many referrals do I get? How many birthday cards do I write? Um, how many hours do I spend, you know, warmly asking my current clients about their family or their dog or their puppies or whatever it is that you're using to generate those emotional bank deposits? You take that number and divide it into the average lifetime value. So let's say you're an electrician and you realize the average project isn't 2000 the lifetime value with all the referrals and all the spinoff and all the equipment, all the other stuff ends up being like 5,000. Okay. What causes it to rain? And you're like, okay, usually I get jobs for new clients. What causes it to rain is because I go to chamber of commerce events and by being president at chamber of commerce events, because they see me with my shirt, and I asked her, answer some quick questions if they have a question or whatever and build a relationship. And on average, I go to one Chamber of Commerce event a week. So at the end of the month, I have spent about eight hours going to Chamber of Commerce events. And on average, I get about one new client a month for doing that. All right. So here is your true value. Let's say that that project lifetime value was 5,000, right? And on average, you spend eight hours networking that gets to that. So now we have 5,000 divided by eight. You're the value of your time when spent on your highest income producing task, which is making it rain, sales cures all else, is $625 an hour. When you get clear on the value of your time when spent making it rain, suddenly you understand where all the money comes from to hire and outsource everything else. Okay, so there's, everybody has it. I've done this exercise, hundreds and hundreds of people, I've never seen anybody's time worth less than $500 an hour. Um, I don't, it doesn't care what industry they're in. Okay, so now you know that your time is way more valuable than you've currently been calculating. Let's look at Mark's second question is, well, what if you're already clear on that and you're already spending your whole week only doing the highest income producing task, does work less make more still apply there? Yes, for crying out loud, it does. Remember the first principle, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. Okay, so now that you've broken through to the next level where you're focused on your highest income task, it still applies. If you're the one shaking the tree, you're falling behind. Now, granted, you're falling behind at a higher income level because we're now talking millions a year instead of six figures a year, but still, if you're doing the work, you're getting in the way. You're preventing your company from reaching more people. You're preventing your company from making a bigger difference. Now that you're in that position, here's how the principle works. You're falling if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. So what do you do instead? 
the leader's job isn't to do. If the leader is doing, they're getting in the way of growth. The leader's job is to build systems to support them and to build people to support them. So if you've gone from working and not getting ahead to the next level, focused on your highest income producing task and outsourcing everything else, to go to the next level, now it's about how do I build systems and train other people to do the thing I'm doing? If it is cold calls, what are the top three questions that I ask on every phone call? Um, what do I say in every thank you card? Um, if it is networking, um, what, what's my hair look like? What's my brand and my shirt? How do I shake hands? What are the three questions I ask if I'm at a networking event? How do I follow up with that? What is my system for networking and sharing the brand and growing the image? And then how do I train people to do that? So we still go to the next level. The leader's job is to build systems and build people. I'll shut up. And I mean, it is a really great breakdown where you mentioned like, you know, we do have to hit that leadership position eventually where we just create systems and give people those different roles. Now, I do want to talk more about uh, the salary or person as a wage, someone who's got a job already doing 40 hours per week, and that's their way to support their family. And then they have to do the side hustle, the side business that can become your full-time thing. But during that delicate time where you have the job and you're doing the side hustle, what advice do you have for someone in that context who does have to go to the job for 40 hours a week? Okay. If you're looking at solving the problem from the job, we'll talk about that. If you're looking at solving the problem from the side hustle, we'll talk about that. We'll start with the side hustle. The side hustle is you want to write this quote down. Sales cures all ills. Ah, but you know, man, I just work my job and I get home from work and I'm super tired, so I can't do the side hustle. Or, oh man, you know, I'm doing the side hustle, but golly, I got to go get supplies and then I got to service the clients and then I got to fix the things that break down and sales cures all ills. If you feel like you don't have the money to hire help, you don't get money by doing more work. Remember, if you're doing the work, you're falling behind. You get money by generating more leads. With more leads, you have more coming in, you can hire more help, you can delegate. But if you're doing the work, you're falling behind because in that moment that you're actually doing the work, who's generating new leads? Who's getting supplies? Who's doing the accounting? Who's doing the follow-up? You're falling behind. The way that you solve that is to focus on sales. So when it comes to your side hustle, focus on sales. That will generate the income you need for everything else. Don't, if you're teaching, for crying out loud, do not build your online program. Sell the online program first, then build it. <laughs> That's a big one. Sales first. Now, your, your salary job or your hourly job, whichever it is, right now you have an agreement with your company that your time is worth X number of dollars an hour or your time is worth X number of dollars every two weeks or X number of dollars a month, but it's broken down by time and money. What you need to do is change the conversation with your company so that your worth is results and money. 
move into uh, a base plus agreement. Um, pay me this, but if I produce X results, I get a percentage of that. Pay me this, fine, but if I produce X results or if I increase efficiency by this percent or if I reduce the number of labor hours by this percent or whatever it is, then I am rewarded this percent. So now your, your part of your money is tied to the results you produce and not the time it takes to produce them. Because it's tied to the results you produce, there is now no limit on what you can do. It is now scalable. Time is not scalable. Now moving from there to the next level is instead of doing the work, you have the opportunity to take your knowledge and your skill set with your company. Let's say that you're a dental hygienist and you know you clean teeth all day. Well, what brings value to that dental practice is great customer care because that produces referrals that brings in new clients. So how about instead of you cleaning teeth, you move to the next level where you teach other people how to provide the level of customer care that you do, how to provide the level of customer satisfaction and referral rate and return rate. Okay, when they come into the room, I always ask them this. I'm always facing this way. I'm looking at this. I ask them this question. I'll follow up with this. When they leave the room, I'm standing on this side of the door because that creates this feeling as they usher this way. This is the brand on how we create that care. Now there's no limit on the results you can produce because you've taken your time out of the equation. You're not doing it. You're teaching other people how to do it. If you work in a dental practice again, sales cures all ills, right? So instead of doing the work, where can you take your knowledge and start to share the brand of that company to more people? Um, can you leave work for two hours and go on the radio show and talk about you know, three things that most people don't know about visiting a dentist or three things that if people would do at home, they wouldn't have to ever visit a dentist or whatever it is. You know, can you share the brand that way by, by marketing and sharing your personality? And now you have the opportunity to be paid for the results you're producing instead of the time it took to produce those results. Um, if we have time, uh, I've got a great yeah. illustration about taking time out of the equation. When I, I used to be a freelance musician and what I did to go from 40 hours a week making 50,000 a year to 20 hours a week, making 100,000 a year, because I believe those three things, um, pretty much anybody in any industry could also do. What are your thoughts, Mark? I mean, I definitely feel like the main theme here is control, where uh, when you show up and you get paid X amount of dollars per hour and that's it, you don't have control. Like you, There's no reward for extra effort. It's just keep your job and blend in but if you make it results based you have that incentive to stand out you have that incentive to put in the extra work so that gives you better work ethic from the job standpoint and with the side hustle standpoint i mean you need money to get out of your job and sales is the way that you make your money so i mean i definitely feel like a lot of what jared has been mentioning throughout this episode has been pretty rock solid Excellent. Uh, what, what are some other challenges that people face whenever they hear the phrase, the less you work, the more you make? I think part of it is like just for them to believe it. You have to get into the idea that it's possible for you. And then with the person who does have the job, who does have the side hustle, who's trying to make all this stuff work, then like, you know, you make the sales. And again, it's all this stuff that Jared already said that really uh, allows you 
to hit the types of goals you want to hit without feeling like you have to work every waking hour of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I do when I work with people, they, they normally double their income in the first year by working half as many hours. And I know that sounds like snake oil and I know that sounds just like an unrealistic claim. Um, but what makes that possible is we use a Nobel nominated process that teaches them how to think at a higher level. Quick illustration um, on why that makes a difference. Um, if you are say in a corn maze and uh, you get to the end of the row, well, you're not sure if you should go left or right. And so you say, well, I'm, I'm gonna try this way and see what happens. If it doesn't work out, I'll come back. Uh, but guessing is the most expensive activity we can do in our work. Now notice if you're in the core maze and you stand on like a stepladder, you're only three feet higher, but now you can see the whole maze and there's no mystery. You know exactly where to go. That's the power of thinking at a higher level about solving the problems in your work. Um, so when they go through this process and we print up their thinking patterns, uh, which is like a breakthrough map for how their brain solves problems, it reveals the blind spots, why they've been hitting the same obstacles, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, why they are working harder and faster, but they just keep staying in the same place. It reveals all that, what's going on. It reveals their breakthrough, what they need to do today to get the momentum, what they need to do tomorrow to restore the momentum. What, I mean, it reveals the breakthrough, the path. It's just an amazing opportunity. But along the way, their brain starts solving problems more efficiently. Um, so if, if you can imagine the power of thinking at a higher level about your business, um, if you're like, say, a nonprofit, and you're like, oh my gosh, guys, if we don't raise an extra 10000 this month, we're going to be in real trouble. And so you go to work coming up with, how are we going to raise 10000 Well, while you're trying to solve the $10,000 problem, what's your brain doing? It's coming up with $10,000 solutions, hmm. right? Well, down the road, there's another nonprofit and they're like, crap, guys, if we don't come up with 100,000, we're gonna be in real trouble. So they go to work solving that problem. What does their brain come up with? $100,000 solutions. And if you take the first nonprofit and you say, all right, guys, instead of 10, I need you to come up with 100. Their brain crashes and they're like, crap, we can't do that, that's impossible. No, it's only impossible using your current strategies. We gotta get you thinking at a higher level. So eventually, after whining and moaning and complaining, eventually they realize we can't get there with what we're currently doing. We can't get there handing out brochures. We can't get there making phone calls. We can't get there inviting people to lunch. We can't get there. But instead of inviting people to lunch, what if we put 50 people in a room? Now we can share the vision with 50 people at once. Okay, instead of putting 50 people in a room, what if we get on the news? Now we can share the vision and the message with 10,000 people at once. So we're now thinking at a higher, higher level where they're spending less time, takes less time to spend to 10,000 people than it does 10 people because you're, you're operating from a more efficient place. And so by raising that, that viewpoint of where we solve problems, you find that the breakthroughs in your business will come a lot faster. And I mean, I really love that mindset. Again, like if you think of a 10,000 mindset versus a 100,000 mindset, the uh, solutions are different. The work ethic is different. The tactics, the strategies you're applying are different. And I mean, again, you do want to challenge your mind to think bigger and also think about the work that you're doing. That's been the whole theme here. It's not like you should never work another day again. It's you should be doing the work that matters. And 
I feel like Jared has really elegantly uh, shared that with us throughout our time together. I feel like if you guys have enjoyed this episode, uh, you should definitely check out Jared's work. So we will be throwing links in the show notes to follow him in this journey. But I wonder if you can share with us um, just some places we could find you on the web and follow your work. Um, a, a great place is mindsetcall.co. Mindsetcall.co. Um, if this idea resonates with you, the thinking patterns of success, the idea that sometimes our brain can come up with things that make sense, but the fact that they make sense is the reason we keep hitting the same obstacles of don't have enough time, don't have enough money. If that resonates with you and you're curious what's possible in your thinking, what your breakthrough map might look like, um, how we can 10X your business by working half as much just because we're spending our time on more efficient, scalable things. That is the key. If it's not scalable, it's probably not going to make a difference. Um, then I would say stop over to mindsetcall.co. Let's get your thinking patterns printed up. Uh, let's get your breakthrough mat printed up. Um, and let's see what's possible uh, possible in your business. Oh, Jared, really awesome stuff. Those links will be in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for having me.